Deathstalgia Reviews. Uh, you guys, I apologize for this in advance, but here we go. Something strange in the movie, in the movie theater. theater. In the movie theater. That is right. Welcome to another edition of Deadstalgia Reviews, where tonight I'm going to be nervously discussing Ghostbusters Afterlife, directed by Jason Reitman and starring McKenna Grace, Carrie Coon, Finn Wolfhard, and Paul Rudd. But before we start dissecting that, just a quick reminder of the five categories that I am currently placing my ratings into from best to worst, starting with all that and a bag of chips, da bomb, aight, buzzkill, and brutal. With that out of the way, let's talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. You're a great mom. I don't know. I'm fine with Trevor, but with Phoebe, she really keeps me on the outside. That's normal. She's an awkward, nerdy kid. Maybe a new home could be an opportunity to start fresh. I just wish she'd get into some trouble. What is happening here? Somehow, a town with no fault lines is shaking on a daily basis. Maybe it's the apocalypse. Egon came out here for a reason. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? You experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? It's like The Walking Dead. back. Ghostbusters Afterlife was released on Friday, November 19th, and grossed approximately $44 million at the weekend box office. It looks to keep that momentum going into the Thanksgiving holiday, where it will go head-to-head -head with Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. But with the former being PG-13 and the latter R, I think it's poised to cling to that top spot. But anyway, Ghostbusters Afterlife picks up 37 years after the events of the original, which was released back in 1984. And in fact, this actually feels like a direct sequel to the original, as it doesn't appear to acknowledge the events of Ghostbusters 2 even once. But essentially, Afterlife follows a family consisting of Callie, the mother, Carrie Coon, Phoebe, the daughter, or Phoebes, McKenna played by McKenna Grace, and Trevor, played by Finn Wolfhard as they are evicted from their apartment and forced to stay in a rundown farm home of Carrie's recently deceased and estranged father, seen in the opening of the film, 
who just so happened to be the Ghostbuster Egon Spangler. Kelly learns that after her father seemingly abandoned his entire family and moved to the middle of nowhere outside of a small town in Oklahoma, isolated himself from everyone and became known as Dirt Farmer. Trevor attempts to woo a local girl while Phoebe continues to find Ghostbuster paraphernalia all over the house and play chess with her grandfather's ghost. It doesn't take long for the spooky happenings to start escalating as Phoebe and her newfound friend Podcast, yes, that's correct, there is a character named Podcast, played by Logan Kim, and they start to take matters into their own hands and discover what Egon was really up to in this small town. And oh boy, I feel like I should start this review uh, by being upfront and honest. I love both the original Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. The original is one of my all-time favorite movies. I watched this like it was my job as a kid, and I still get a lot of joy watching it to this day. In 2021, this particular fandom is a bit complicated as it comes with the stigma that also comes from a large section of Ghostbusters fans who became exceedingly toxic in the reception to the 2016 reboot starring Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Leslie Jones, and Kate McKinnon. And we're saying toxic to the point of online threats pointed at the cast, but specifically Leslie Jones, and just an overall refusal to accept the entry as part of canon or as part of the franchise in general. I liked the 2016 reboot. I thought it was fun, if flawed, but none of my issues with the movie have anything to do with the central cast or the fact that they're all women. So I mean, don't pat me on the back by any means uh, for being an original Ghostbusters fan who also likes the 2016 version, but I did just want to preface what everything I'm about to say uh, and so that it kind of paints me as at least that I'm being fair as it pertains to the judging of movies based on their actual entertainment value rather than just blind fandom. All of that being said, Ghostbusters Afterlife is a mess of a movie. I say that as someone who still kind of appreciates it for the doses of nostalgia that it gives me, and as someone who literally runs a podcast that celebrates nostalgia, it'd be misguided for me to not admit the fact that this movie does try really hard to be directed at someone specifically like me, and yet that's also why it's kind of a mess. And before I start sounding overwhelmingly negative, the things that I like about this, I actually really like. McKenna Grace, one of the new cast members, is very charming and as more or less the lead. Uh, she's a young nerdy girl who can't really relate to her mom and so she sticks to what she knows and starts to open up and discover the world that her grandfather left behind, finding common ground in part of her family that she never really knew. There's a lot of emotional depth that's left under the surface in this regard as it pertains to and extends to the relationship dynamic between Callie and Phoebe. As always, being a huge fan of the original, I am drawn to the visuals and sounds of the iconic series, which include the design of the proton packs, the sound they make when they're busting ghosts, and just the bright array of colors in the particle streams. All of that just hits a happy place for me, and I appreciate this movie for bringing that to life once again. And the same thing goes for the siren on Ecto-1. And without spoiling anything, but also even if I do, it's, it's not going to stop anybody 
who's dead set on seeing this, Afterlife as a title kind of hints at the obvious. Life after death. So part of me thought maybe this was going to be something of a departure from the original movie, moving on from the old to embrace something new. Reitman, in truth, had apparently no interest in doing anything of the sort. Afterlife is basically just a retread of the original Ghostbusters, but disguised with new characters and the added family drama. If you stick around for the end credit scenes, sure, they tease that there could be more to come, but it isn't really interested in exploring new ideas so much as it is just feels like it was working from a checkbox that was generated by a PR company who took notes about what the angry fan base was shouting about upon the release of the 2016 version. Afterlife is basically devoid of creativity outside of inventing a reason for the new and old characters to reunite for much of the same shenanigans they fought in the original back in 1984. Instead of a giant Stay Puffed Marshmallow, marshmallow Man, we get hundreds upon hundreds of tiny CGI Marshmallow Men running around causing mischief like a bunch of pesky rats. The impending apocalypse in the original, which centered around the emergence of Gozer, now takes the form of a mysterious pyramid, which is ground zero for Gozer's return once again. And naturally, as with the original, we need a gatekeeper and a keymaster to be possessed in bone so they can become hell dogs and open the gate for Gozer to conquer the earth. By rehashing this idea, it's less about creative freedom and seemingly more about lulling the babies who've been throwing a tantrum since 2016 back into their adult cribs housed in their mommy's basement. Even with the teases to seeing this franchise gain its footing once again, it's less about the new characters and more about just tickling the balls of the aforementioned babies who only wanted to see the original Ghostbusters back in their roles and be part of the action. Neither post credit sequence features Carrie Coon, McKenna Grace, or anyone from the new cast members. The first one, which comes mid-credits, uh, features Sigourney Weaver, who looks great, as Dana doing the psychic card testing with Bill Murray's Peter Venkman. It's a cute scene seeing and seeing these two together once again, but it offers nothing by way of advancing the series or plot forward. While the end credit sequence at the end is actually a, it features part of a deleted scene from the original Ghostbusters between Egon and Janine, uh, played by Annie Potts, which cuts to present day Janine speaking with Winston, played by Ernie Hudson, about his post Ghostbusters success as he leads a rundown Ecto-1 back into the abandoned fire station that the Ghostbusters once used as their headquarters. Again, not really moving the franchise forward and only mildly teasing that there could be more to come. Ultimately, Ghostbusters Afterlife is a shiny remake of the original Ghostbusters, complete with updated but at times lifeless CGI and a new setup of characters who basically are just window, window dressing for a storefront that's all about servicing fans of the original. On a certain level, that's just enough to make it work but disappointing for fans that wanted a more enriching experience that didn't include reworking old lines into the mix, but also had a deeper, more would have had a deeper, more thoughtful approach to the emotions behind the gang being back together, minus one. Reitman lets uh, Ramus's absence uh, do all the heavy lifting without writing in or conveying much of his own into the story. 
The broader point being that neither Reitman brought much to their respected Ghostbusters films as directors and relied on their actors and Aykroyd and Ramis' original script ideas to guide them. Ghostbusters Afterlife is a film anchored down by fans who can't stand to see their franchise evolve into something more. The nostalgia for someone like me is enough to at least say I didn't feel like I wasted my time, but it does not hold any high ground over the 2016 reboot either. One is an attempt to push the franchise forward in a different direction, while the other seems keen on drowning in the past. I came for the familiar lights and sounds, I stayed for the hope of a new generation taking the reins on something I once loved and would lead it to something new and exciting. I left disappointed that it's likely going to just be more of the same old tune sung by a generation that had long since been overplayed. For me, this had a pretty simple road to getting to at least one of my two highest ratings, but ultimately and unfortunately, it's just an eight. So that's the gist of my thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I do want to hear from you, no matter if you agree with me or not, if you love the movie or if you completely disagree with my rating, provided that you're civil about it. Feel free to find me on social media with the username dadstalgia, or you can send an email to dadstalgiashow at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this edition of Dadstalgia Reviews. Stay tuned to the show's feed for more reviews on the horizon. Cheers.